0: Good morning. Uh, welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. We gather here in the presence of Almighty God to come and respond in worship. And so welcome as we gather in person and welcome also to those who are joining us online. God has called us to come and to gather as His people to, to worship Him, to give thanks to the One who's created us and redeemed us in Christ. And as we begin our time, I, I want to share a few announcements. Um, So if you look at Order of Worship, it looks a little different than normal, you might have noticed. So the image on the front is from the Lent art show that is up in the community space over on Rockwell. Um, There's a description of the show on the inside cover. It tells you about the artist and about kind of the nature of the photography. So just uh, encourage you to um, maybe have a chance chance to come over and see that. There's going to be an open house and a discussion with the artist on March 19th. Saturday evening at 5 o'clock. So that's one note. A couple other things to mention uh, real, real quickly is that the season of Lent is here. This is the first Sunday of Lent, and there's some things happening in the life of the church around that. Um, Pastor Brian will start uh, a Wednesday night class that's in the community space. That's on Wednesday. Uh, you'll see a description here about uh, leaving Egypt, finding God in the wilderness places. That's at 7 o'clock in the community space. The first one is March 9th. Uh, also, uh, next Sunday, the 13th, there is a lunch um, to help people get to know the church better. So no matter how long you've been coming, if you've just started or you've been coming for a while, the Intro to LSPC lunch is a chance to get to know others and to learn more about the church. Uh, I know a number of people are coming. If, you, if you're interested, let me know, and uh, it'd be great to have you join us. That'd be after the service next Sunday uh, over uh, on, by our office uh, on Rockwell. Another thing to mention is that we have a Lent mission project with the Friendship Center. You'll see a blurb here that we have an opportunity to help them uh, fund a new stove that will be part of their feeding program. And so take a look at that, but over the next month or so, if you'd like to make a donation towards the the stove, it's a $5,000 total. The mission team is um, gonna match up to 2,500 of that. So we're hoping that we can help give a gift to the Friendship Center uh, during this season. Now last thing Anna Worley is going to come up and share about um, a mission opportunity as well, uh, and is part of the mission team and works with True Light uh, in Ethiopia. So thanks Anna.:
1: Good morning. Um, as you know, Lincoln Square has worked closely with an organization called True Light Childcare Project in Ethiopia, and I've had the privilege of working with them for over a decade now. I have a last minute and very quick trip over to Ethiopia. I'm leaving on Monday and I've got a couple of things that I'm trying to gather before I go. If anybody has recently upgraded their phone and has an old phone laying around in a drawer somewhere at your house, It doesn't matter the carrier, it doesn't matter, um, you know, the brand, as long as it's in working condition. I need a phone to take that I can leave there, and I'm also looking for two size suitcases or duffel bags that I can pack and then leave there. I won't be bringing them back. So if anybody has either of those things, if you'll just touch base with me after the service or um, email me, I'll be happy to run by and pick them up sometime this week. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Dana. Well, before we begin, the the children are dismissed for, there is the preschool class and children's worship. There's also the junior high class. Those students can all make their way to the back of the sanctuary and they'll head down to the classrooms in the basement. Uh, God's called us to come into worship and as we prepare to do, let's take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God.
2: Good morning. Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 91. If you'd stand, we'll sing it together. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The Lord is my refuge. And my fortress my God in whom I trust
3: he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty I will say to the Lord my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. He will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday.
2: The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God the lord is my refuge and my fortress my god in whom i
3: trust a thousand may fall at your side ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come near you you will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the lord your dwelling place the most high is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent.
2: The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown. Of all. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. Oh, that which yonder sacred throng we feedback for
3: Almighty God you made the heavens and the earth and said that it was good and you give us life and call us out of sin and rebellion to be in your covenant family as we continue our worship now Lord make us aware of your presence father we pray for the people of Ukraine and the violence that has come upon them Lord in your mercy protect the children and the families the refugees, and others most vulnerable in this horrific war. Lord, we pray for an end to this conflict, that the destruction and devastation would cease. And Father, we pray for those who have lost loved ones. Be with them in their sorrow. And Lord, may your church, your people, be a presence among them during this dark time, shining light, loving neighbors and enemies in your name. Father, we also pray for Anna Worley and her upcoming trip to Ethiopia. Be with her and the rest of the True Light team as they honor and they grieve the life of their founder, Ayela. Lord, we know the impact his life has had for so many vulnerable children there, and so Lord, please surround their team, Ayela's family and the children he served with your comforting presence. They share memories and move forward in this loss together. Lord, be with the children, the families who are in need, and give true light, Lord, the resources and the provision to continue to do your gospel work. Lord, in this season of Lent, make us aware of your presence and lead us into life. Meet us in whatever way we find ourselves this morning. Lord, meet those of us who may be wrestling with questions of faith. Meet those of us who are troubled with grief and sadness. Meet those of us who endure the ways our relationships are shaken, in need of repair and restoration. Father, meet us with your strength, with your love and tenderness, with your words of invitation calling us home to find our rest in you. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, we now move to our time of confession and assurance. A time to come honestly before God to acknowledge our sin, to acknowledge our need, but to seek his mercy and his grace. And we'll do this together as a church and then have a time of personal quiet confession. God's word proclaims, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and God's glory will peer over you. Let us acknowledge the darkness in our lives, repent of our sin, and receive the light of God's mercy. Merciful God, light of the world, we confess that we have not resisted the darkness of sin. You deliver the poor and the helpless, but we have ignored their cry. You take pity on the weak, but our hearts are hard in the face of their need. Forgive us, we pray.
2: Come ye sinners, poor and needy Weak and wounded, sick and sore Jesus ready stands to save you Full of pity, love and Go. Cool.
3: Please take a moment of quiet, personal confession. Father, we confess our sin uh, knowing that Jesus, who was rich in glory, he became poor for our sake so that in him we might become rich in mercy and grace. So Father, we we give thanks in his name, amen. Well, let's stand together to to hear and to say together the, the words of assurance that come to us from Psalm 103. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. may be seated.
4: The Old Old Testament reading today is from Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 through 11. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance, and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose, to make his name dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God, a wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and children there, few in number, and there became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly, and humiliated us, and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner, Who is among you? The New Testament reading today is from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man should not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then, will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Thanks much for reading from God's Word and glad to have a chance to worship with you this morning. We're gonna begin a sermon series on uh, Ephesians chapter four. You'll see a note in your order. Uh, Before I read that passage though, I want us to reflect on some of the the names that are given to God's people. Um, We heard part of it even in the, the Old Testament lesson. Strangers, wanderers, exiles, aliens, sojourners, travelers scripture gives god's people many names and but these i just read to us point to the truth that in this life and in our faith we have not arrived rather we find ourselves on the way or in between not yet home We know this from our own experience and Ephesians chapter four points us to one aspect of that journey of that experience and it calls it the journey of putting off our old self and putting on our new. It's part of the journey in which we could ask, what do we hope to become? Who do we hope to become? What things do we hope to take off or leave behind? What would it look like for us to look more like Christ? Lent is a traditional time to embrace the journey of our faith, to look around and to ask, where are we? To see and to acknowledge our in betweenness or our not yetness. We can approach Lent in a variety of ways. Sometimes we give things up. Sometimes we take on or seek new habits or to deepen certain virtues. And the reminder is that the point of such activities is not some type of religious scoreboard or grade card. but Rather, it's, it's a way to help intentionally engage in the journey. To remind ourselves again that we are travelers journeying with Christ. And that way... Lent can be a beautiful opportunity personally or as a family or with friends, as a church to consider our faith, to talk about our struggles, our worries, our doubts, our anger, our disappointments and to express our desire to grow. And so I hope our study of chapter 4 of Ephesians will give us an opportunity to think again about our life, where we are and what it means to walk and journey with Christ. We're going to look at the first six verses this morning. So you can look in your order of worship or your Bible or listen uh, as I read. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. The Apostle Paul writes, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are. Co- <clears throat> excuse me. Called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, and in all. This is God's word. It's given for our good. Well, as we look at our sermon, there's two questions that I want us to ask as we move through our passage. The first question is, what is the call, and what does this call accomplish? What's it do? So let's start with this first question, what is the call? What is the calling to which you have been called? Well, we should start at the very beginning where we see the word, therefore. Therefore, this is a word uh, of transition, The doctrines expounded in the first three chapters are now followed up with three chapters of practical guidance. And as I mentioned in the introduction later in our chapter, we will hear this description that God is seeking to renew us in the likeness of Christ, this uh, action of putting off our old selves and putting on our new selves in Christ. And the chapter will give shape even to what that renewal looks like, put off false speech, Put on true speech, put away godly, put away, sorry, put away ungodly anger and put on holy anger, put off bitterness and put on kindness and forgiveness, put off greedy practices and put on generous sharing. In summary, the chapter will invite us to be imitators of God in the likeness of Christ. But before Paul directs us to these new ways he starts with something else he starts with God's call if we're seeking to find our place on our journey if we're seeking to walk in a new way how do you and I start and Paul reminds us uh, goes back and says as Christians and as a church how did we begin how did we begin and his answer is with God's call upon your life. God's call upon your life. And so it brings us this question I ask, what is this call? And I, I don't know you, you, but once we hear this idea of calling, we, we might think about our vocation. Or might think about what God has planned for us as we try to seek out making decisions in our life. And such calling or such guidance is important, but that is not what is being referenced here. Rather, the the foundation of our journey is the call of the gospel of Jesus. The call of the gospel of Jesus, and this call has an outward and an inward aspect to it. Outwardly, what this means is that God sends forth messengers to announce good news to announce a message that the risen Jesus is the king of the world, the son of God. That this Jesus faced violent judgment by the world's powers. He took upon himself our sin and shame, even entered our death. He was crushed, yet he has been raised, given the name above all names. He has overcome all powers. He's atoned for sin, and he has conquered death itself. This outward announcement is the news of what has been accomplished in Jesus. And it's outward in the sense that this is not something that you or I contribute to. We cannot make it true by believing it, or less true by not believing it. It has been accomplished and established by God in Christ. I was trying to think about announcements, where announcements happen often you know, in school for the students who are hearing announcements in the morning for sure. But what came to my mind, maybe you've had this experience of, of riding the train, and all of a sudden there's announcement you know, as you're riding. Maybe you're distracted. Maybe you're listening to a good podcast. Maybe it's loud, but you don't quite hear what the announcement is. And all of a sudden, at least this is my experience, I hear something about a, a stop that's being skipped you know, or a bus transfer that's required. And I think to myself, what, what, is that, is that me? You know, Does this announcement have to do with me? Maybe you've had that experience where you look around and wonder if somebody will give you an indication, you know, did did that really matter? (laughs) Well, I mentioned that as maybe a way of contrast because God's call is first an announcement, but this one for sure concerns you. It concerns everyone who hears it. It's not just something that floats by, but it is something that changes the, the reality of the world. You see, this call is not just outward, but it's inward. It's personal. God, when he makes this announcement, is also calling you, inviting you to respond in faith, to come and trust the good news and to know who you are in light of it. You see, this call speaks to who we are in our very being, it speaks to our questions of, why am I here? It speaks to the question, can I be forgiven? Does anybody see me or know me? Or is there something in more than the hurt or mistreatment that I have experienced? This announcement's not just out there, but it's personal. It's speaking to such questions. It, it calls us and it speaks into our fears, into our shame, and it offers Jesus freely given in the gospel. That's why in our passage, we're just, it's just the call is connected to that we're called to the one hope that belongs to your call. What that's saying is that this news changes things. That Jesus' victory was not just for himself, but for you. His kingship means freedom, liberation from the tyrants of this world. The hope of the gospel says that we are not on our own, that by the Spirit and Christ we have been united to God because of his great love, and that nothing in life nor death can separate us from him. This announcement cannot be created by you or changed by you, but it is certainly for you. And we're invited today to respond or to remember. You see, if we're going to talk about the things that come later in the chapter, about anger, about bitterness and forgiveness, about being gentle or generous, Paul's reminding us that we can't talk about those things if we don't first know the one who has called us. To think about forgiveness, to think about gentleness, we have to know and experience the call of Christ for us. So that's how our chapter begins, this call of joining Christ in the journey of taking off and putting on, begins with remembering that God has called us in Christ by his grace. And so we can ask, not only what is this call, but what does it do? What does it establish And what I want us to see that our passage points towards is that what the gospel call does by the power of God is it unites us to God and unites us to one another. It actually established something. By the power of God in his call, he unites us to himself but also to one another. There's a repetition of the word one. I'm sure you noticed that as we read our passage. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. This language speaks of connection, of union. And at the heart of God's call is that he takes us who are far off and brings us near to be his children. But also at the heart of God's call is he takes all of us and forms us into a new people, a new family in which the walls of hostility and division are broken down in Christ. I want us to reflect for a moment that this oneness or this unity is based in God himself. We might ask, why is this an outworking of God's call? Because our unity is based in God himself. There's various places in Paul's writing in the New Testament where we get maybe a little snippets of what seemed to be early Christian creeds or confessions of faith, and there's one here in our passage that it is said that this, there is one body and one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, that likely this was an early way of confessing the faith for the church. And what we can see is that this creed is rooted in the Trinity. There's one spirit, there's one Lord, and there's one Father. You see, in God, the one who's called us, in God, there's both community and unity. The one true God is revealed in three persons, one God, the Father, one Lord Jesus Christ, and one Spirit. And the unity of God brings unity to those that God calls. As an example in our passage, it speaks of the unity of the Spirit. This is not simply an affirmation that there is only one Holy Spirit. That, that's true, regardless of how we respond to it, that is true. But rather, what it's saying is that have unity in the Spirit is in, in whom all believers are baptized into one body. A new relationship is established. Christians, even across social categories, are now brothers and sisters united by their adoptive grace of the one father into a new family together. In 1 Corinthians, Paul has, has written that we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free. And whether this is something new that we're hearing or something we're familiar with in the New Testament, we all should ponder and wonder that this is a revolutionary concept. That God's call not only draws us to himself, but God's call by his power breaks down lines of division and hostility to form a new family rooted in Christ. One of the more interesting gospel stories to me at least one that is stands out as fascinating is a, a family dynamic that happened in Jesus family with his mother and brothers and siblings maybe you know this part where there is a where they are concerned for him he seems to be working too much taking on too many things healing too many people and so they go and say Jesus you know we are concerned there needs to be an intervention here you need to stop or we need to stop you you seem to be out of your mind And when Jesus is told that his mother and brothers are there to see him, what does Jesus say? Who is my mother and who are my brothers and my sisters? Is it not whoever does the will of my Father in heaven? Are they not my brothers and sisters and my mother? Do you hear what Jesus is doing? He's redefining the bonds of kinship. The biological family matters greatly, but now we are called in Christ to extend that care to a vast new throng of siblings, a family of many ethnicities and cultures that include the widowed, the unmarried, the outsider, the stranger, that by God's power we are connected to those that before, we would have no reason to be connected to. And not only connected, but called to share our resources, our life, our time, ourselves. For as Jesus said, you are to love one another as I have loved you. In doing so, the world will know you are my disciples. the power of the gospel forms a new family, forms a union that is rooted in the union of our God. And I think it's helpful to say that it's never assumed in the New Testament or suggested that the church will be a place where we all agree or that we're all the same. There's no assumption that there will be no need for patience forgiveness, for in fact, the opposite is said. Do you see even in our passage, but it will be expanded later in this chapter, that it is here in this very place, in these new relationships, that we are to practice putting on forgiveness and patience with one another, to bear with one another. We would only need to do that if there was the challenge of being together. Just because we share the same creed or confession doesn't mean that we do not have to learn humility, and gentleness, and patience, and forgiveness, to bear with one another. Or maybe to say it another way, that I must view my journey in relationship to others. I can only express my renewed self in relationship to others, for it's only with one another that we can learn to be forgiven and to forgive, to bear with one another. And that's what Paul says to do. If we are new family members, if we're living as part of a new family in Christ, united by God in his call, then let us show humility, gentleness with one another, patience and mutual forbearance and tolerance. Let this be the way among us. So let us hear God's call in Christ and let us journey together not only reflecting for ourselves personally what should change or what should be renewed internally, but what can we share and renew in our relationships with one another. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, and we pray, Lord, that you would speak to us by your grace, that we'd find our identity in your call, but out of that call begin to walk in new ways as part of your family. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: I invite you to stand with us as we sing response one, two three, four, five, six, four. the church is one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord she is his new creation by water and the word from heaven he came and saw one And also with you, the Lord be with you. And also with you, lift up your heart. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give Him.
0: Almighty God and gracious Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit renews the church in every age. Pour out your Holy Spirit on your people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in times of trouble and defend them against all the enemies of the gospel. Now let us join all the company of heaven and all God's people in the unending song.
2: he who comes in the name of the Lord, hosanna in the highest. You may be seated.
0: Having heard God's word, now we're invited to, to the table that God sets for his people. We're going to be participating in the Sacrament of Communion through uh, the prepackaged elements that were on the table as you came in. If you're participating in communion but need one, just raise your hand and, and Munch can bring one to you. Thanks, Munch. Well, i will invite you to go ahead and you can open those. And so we're invited to God's table. This table is a reminder that it is set for sinners it's set to bring those who are far off into God's family. And as we heard in our passage, it's only from this place of grace that we can begin to walk in new ways. The gospel is not just an announcement that we hear once and then kind of go on with our plans, but moment by moment in our journey of life and faith, we need to remember that we stand in Christ, that our place at God's table and his family is in Christ that we're fully accepted in Christ. And it's out of that place of security and rest that we can learn to walk and live in new ways. So let us come at confessing our need and our sin and our struggles that we may find God's mercy and forgiveness, that by his strength we may go out and love one another as Christ has loved us. Lord, I thank you for this table. And we pray, Lord, that you would meet us And that by your spirit, you would remind us of your call, that in you we are accepted, received as sons and daughters, have an eternal place in your family by your grace. And so, Lord, let us walk with you in this grace, and let this table lift our heads and strengthen us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, on the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body. <laughs> it's my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is in your covenant in my blood. As often, you do so, as often you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often do we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. The Lord's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. and Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. Well, having been fed at Christ's table, I invite you to stand that we can pray and respond to this table of grace together. Jesus, our Lord, help us to cast aside our own pursuits of exaltation Grant by your spirit that we may live as servants of all, bearing a genuine humility that trusts in your grace as we proclaim the mystery of faith.
2: Christ has died Christ is risen, Christ will come again Christ has Christ is risen. Christ come
0: again. Let's join together in the prayer the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, in light of God's generosity to us, I invite you to respond generously to God with your gifts. You can give to the work of the church. There's silver offering plates in the back or you can give online. and um, invite you to do so. Now let's respond to God's generosity by singing together the doxology. to remind before receiving the benediction if you are able to help with Anna Worley's the needs that she mentioned for her trip you know please talk to her after the service or if you need to connect with her I can also help you uh, connect, have her email receive now God's blessing may the love of God the Father the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always amen May I go in peace